Welcome everybody back to Top Shelf Talks. This is the Hockey Stripes edition. And before we get started, I'd like to uh, thank all of our listeners out there and the folks that have been really supportive to the channel. We have our financial series channel with Tom Coast down at Yellow, and then the Hockey Stripes channel with myself. We're going to be bringing on some additional guests probably here as the weeks go on into the hockey season. Some folks that I've known in the hockey industry for a while. Those will be coming up probably in September, October timeframe. A couple of things as we're leading charging through this officials getting re-registered for the 23-24 season. I thought I'd break down a couple of basic things that maybe if you're new to the game or you're just kind of dabbling with the game or you're a parent or a spectator, um, some things you may not understand that's basic to the hockey game itself. And that is two rules. One is offsides and the other one is icing. Right in, but before we do, I'd like to remind everybody, take this opportunity to subscribe to our channel, get notifications, and when we drop new episodes just like these. If you want to hear a topic about hockey, please feel free to email us at topshelftalks at yahoo.com. To kind of kick things off, let's talk about offsides first, and that's uh, in our USA Hockey Manual rulebook. It's under Rule 630, and I'm going to read verbatim from the rulebook. So under 630 Section A, offsides occurs when a players of the attacking team proceed the puck into the attacking zone. The position of the skater's skates and the position of the puck relative to the blue line are determining factors for an offsides violation. The position of the player's stick shall not be considered in all instances deciding offsides. A player is considered offsides when the player does not have a skate in contact with any part of the neutral zone or the blue line when the puck crosses the determining edge of the blue line. For people out there that are new to the game, the blue line, and I don't know the exact width, let's say it's about 12 inches a foot, that blue line, when the puck is in the neutral zone, which is blue line to blue line, including center ice red line, becomes part of the neutral zone. And then when the puck is in either in, or what we call the defending or attacking zone, depending on which side, are you on that blue line now becomes part of that end zone, the, def- the attacking or the defending end zone. Once you start officiating games or playing the game, you'll kind of get used to it. And it actually helps us out because you can actually see the puck better on the blue paint than you can when it's in the zones. So that's a start out. The second part of that, which contradicts with what the NHL and the professional levels do is in USA hockey, the player must have contact with their skate on that blue line or in the neutral zone when that puck crosses the determining edge of the blue line. In the NHL, they just changed that rule where the skate doesn't have to be in contact with the blue line or the neutral zone. It can be elevated, and there's a parallel line similar to what you hear when you have a football game and the goal line becomes this parallel line that anywhere, as long as it doesn't break that plane of the blue line, is considered on sides. In the USA Hockey, it has to be a skate in contact with the blue line or the neutral zone for that player to determine that they're on sides. Let's say the skate, and we have to focus on that. It has to be the skate. It can't be the knee. It can't be the shoulder. It can't be the arm. It can't be the hand. The head has to be the skate. And a lot of times you'll see these players, when they feel like they're going to be off sides, they'll drag their skate behind them and do like this I don't know, split eagle kind of thing and keep trying to keep that back skate on the blue line or in the neutral zone when that puck crosses it because they think that they're going to be offsides. So that's one determining thing when it comes to offsides in USA hockey. 
Now let's talk about automatic offsides versus delayed offsides. Now, USA Hockey, a few years ago, went to automatic offsides for the higher levels, which would be U14, U16, and therefore. It used to be U12, U10, and below that was automatic offsides. Now, automatic offsides means that the official or the linesman will blow the play dead as soon as they determine the play is offsides. Now, I may be late late to the party, and I didn't see that it was offsides, and it may a few seconds go by, and the crowd's yelling at me it's offsides, and then I blow the whistle. But it took me that instant to know that, hey, the, the play's offsides. As soon as the official or linesman determines that the play is offsides, they're to blow the whistle. On delayed offsides, the official, once he determines that the play is offsides, he will raise his arm and he'll yell. You know, you don't have to yell on a rule, but I yell so that everybody hears me. I determine that it's offsides. Then it gives an opportunity for all the players to that are offsides, the attacking team, to get out into the neutral zone and then back in if they so desire before they touch the puck or any of their you know, friends and teammates touch the puck. That's called delayed offside. So you'll hear, you'll see the arm go up by the linesman or the official. Like I said, I usually offside so everybody hears me. And then when the puck becomes on onsides, which means it could be in the neutral zone and everything's onsides, or it could be that all the players clear and the puck is still in the attacking zone. I'll lower my arm and sometimes I'll yell them that they're you know okay or clear. So that's the difference between the automatic. And like I said, USA Hockey, a couple of years ago, they raised it from the lower levels up to the higher levels, excluding the adult league and the high school league, which still has the delayed offsides. But everybody else has gone to automatic offsides. There's still some controversy in the whole community of hockey for USA Hockey of why that is. I think USA Hockey, well, from what I understand, was trying to make the strategy of the player a little bit more so that they had to look down to make sure somebody was not in the zone versus just dumping it, and then all their players come out. Also, there was some talk about how, you know, kids have taken a survey over the years, and, you know, they don't want to chase the puck. They want to, you know, make a play on the puck. So this is a way to, you know, add that complexity to the game. Players or parents or whatever say, oh, it slows the game down. You know, the, we asked USA Hockey about that. They said on average it only adds maybe – two minutes, three minutes to the game on average. And then last but not least is determining the face-off of offsides. So normally if the play is just offsides, meaning maybe they're on a drive or stretch, it's just offsides, go ahead and do the face-off on the side that the puck was on when it went offsides or where it was shot from. Sometimes it'll cross over the center line, you know, not the center red line, but the center of the rink. And then you have to determine it where the puck was actually initiated for the pass, and that's the side that you have the face-off on. You do it at the closest neutral zone face-off spot. That's where your face-off is. Pretty straightforward. However, if the player is at the center line, initiates a long pass to a player that's offsides, you can take that now back to the center red line and do it at center and not give them that territorial advantage by giving them the neutral zone. Advance the puck up to that point when they made pass, which it was illegal, making it offside. So, you need to make sure that you say, hey, initiated it from the red line. You want to take that at center face off to determine, hey, I'm not giving them any territorial advantage because they did make an illegal pass because the play was offsides. You can also determine for them if they're on their side of the red line and they make a stretch pass, happens all the time, especially in the lower levels. And when the pass is actually completed, the player that they're putting passing the puck to is offsides. And then you would obviously take it back to that neutral zone face-off spot, which would be on the, de- the defending side of the red line. I know it can get kind of confusing. 
an intentional offsides is where, as an official or linesman, you determine that the player that was initiating the pass put that puck into play as offsides either to get a whistle, maybe he's just completely gassed, needs a whistle, or he just flat out didn't look to see that he had multiple attacking players in the zone. Or something has led up to that fact, and he just ignored that and dumped the puck right into the zone. This is something that can really end up being a situation that you got to keep under control. Because if you determine that that play is intentional offsides, you're going to take that puck all the way down to his defending zone. That's giving the other team a major territorial advantage over what they just had to initiate, you know, as the offsides happen. So be careful when you do this because it's, you know, I put the scenario out there. It's late in the game, tight game, maybe it's a tied game, and you determine that this play was intentional offsides. You're now taking that puck down into the other team's attacking zone and they score a goal with three minutes left in the you may not be the most popular guy in the arena at that point. So be 100% sure that it's intentional offsides. Even if you're 100% sure, make a motion to your partner. Have your partner firm, hey, I saw his intentional offsides, so you both are on the same page. Because then when that goal happens, you guys go over and say, hey, this is what happened. You both are on the same page. Is not intentional offsides. You take a neutral zone safe face off and... But again, it's there to determine that, hey, this is intentional offsides. And like I said, you'll, you'll know. I mean, when you say intentional offsides, you will know because that player is usually gassed. He doesn't look in there and dumps it. And then you're like, oh, boy, here we go. And again, game management, how you handle those things is most important. So that covers pretty much offsides. Let's move on to icing here. Rule 624, icing the puck under A. When a player of the team shoots bats or hand stick or deflects the puck from their own half of the ice completely beyond the goal of the opposing team, play shall be stopped and the faceoff shall take place at the end zone faceoff spot in the defending zone of the offending team. Basically, if you're on your side of the red line, the defending side of the red line, center red line, and you pass, shoot, a knee, a skate, doesn't matter the boards, and that puck is not touched, by the other team until it crosses their goal line, which is the thin red line. It runs parallel to the goal. It is considered to be icing. And what does that mean? Icing means play is stopped. Play The puck is taken from that position all the way down to the offending team's defending zone. Face off spot. On the side that the pass, shot, hit, whatever you want to call it, was initiated from on that side of the ice. As an official... And as a spectator, you'll see the officials initiate and complete this process. On a two-official system, we'll talk about that first, and then we'll talk about a three- or four-official system. On a two-official system where you have two officials, that's it. They're, they are doing the linesman position, and they're doing the referee position, the same combined, which is most of your you know USA Hockey amateur world, especially U14 and lower. The, what we used to call the front official if the play is down and he's the person that's low, if he if the attacking team has the puck, he becomes the back official when the icing initiates. The back official then becomes the front official. Person down low sees that the puck was hit 
by a defending player on that side of the red line. He raises his arm, and in most cases I'll yell icing if my partner's back is turned or he doesn't see me or whatever. The back official will then go down and do what we call complete the icing. He'll raise his blow, he'll blow his whistle, complete the icing, put his arm up. So you have the initiating, putting your arm up. Like I said, you can do a verbal command if you want. It's not required. Then the other official will complete the icing when the puck crosses the goal line, blows the whistle, raises his arm. In the professional world, it's a little bit different. They do the same thing where the linesman will initiate the icing on the back, but the official that's completing the icing does what he calls hybrid icing, and he has to determine on whether or not he's going to call that icing when that puck gets to the top of the circle. And you say, why is that? Well, it's to prevent injury. So you don't have two players barreling down there, and he blows the whistle. That's the bottom line. So he has to determine that. In our world, in USA Hockey, it is very clear. It has to cross the goal line, as we just read in Rule 624A. Let's say that the front of the back official, the low official, sees it chipped, but doesn't see it chip off of or the attacking team's defenseman at the blue line. Happens all the time. I'm the back official. I'm up at the blue line. There's a two-man system. My partner initiates the icing. I saw it chip off the guy's skates, the attacking player's skates. I yell, nope, good, good, good. I wave it. Play goes on. That's the way it's supposed to work. If he hits it up and the play goes down, I skate down. If I'm the back official, go down. As soon as it crosses the goal line, I blow the whistle, raise my arm, and then I'll grab the puck. As the official that initiated the icing, a lot of times what they'll do, my, I, I, I'm guilty of it too, I'll initiate the icing, especially late in the game. I've done a double header or a triple header. And my, you know, my legs are jelly. I get it. As I sit down there in the zone with my arm up, waiting for him to complete the icing. Well, guess what? Late in the third period, there's snow gathered around the goal line on that end of the ice, or maybe the ice is jacked up or the puck just doesn't have enough oomph to get down there, and he has to wave the icing. And I'm down 200 feet away. Not good. I give the recommendation to everybody that I help and mentor and you know go through the class or whatever, is as soon as you initiate the icing, as long as all the players are, stay in front of you, don't let anybody behind you because that's not good. Move up, skate up toward the blue line. When he completes that icing, he or she completes that icing on the other end, you should be at then the blue line of the defending side. Because now what's going to happen is you can determine whether or not you're going to take the face off or have your partner take the face off. And I'll get to that in just a second. Don't be sitting back there going up, there it is, blah, blah, blah. You know, skate up because if he waves that icing, you don't want to have to go, you know, barreling down you know, 75 to 100 feet to get the other end of the ice because now you've got play taking place or the other end of the ice. And talk about completing the icing, and I go back to what I tell everybody is the three Ps. Position, so we've talked about our position moving up if we're the back official. If the other official, you know, you skate down, positioning should be that you try to maintain all the players in your line of sight, blow the whistle, complete the icing, and then check the players, then get the puck. So it's positioning, Players, puck. You can always find the puck wherever you want. Somebody will find the puck for you. But your positioning, in both cases, you're moving up if you're the back official. If you're the official completing the icing, you complete the icing. Keep all the players in front of you so you can see them. No, shen- no shenanigans. 
And then third, get the puck. Now, so this goes back to game management a little bit, and then we'll wrap up this icing section. Normally, in normal circumstances under USA Hockey, they teach you to take, if you're completing the icing, to get the puck and skate that puck to the other end, hand it to your partner, and then, and then resume your position. However, your back, your friend, your partner over there for your two-man system now has to watch the benches, watch the players get lined up, wait till that you know puck gets down there. It's a lot of opportunity for a lot of craziness to go on. The game management, and I've done this several times, I've said to my partner, I just don't like the way that they're doing line changes. Maybe the coach is doing a late line change. Maybe it's just, you know, the second period, they're crossing over because, you know, you're going reverse and it just doesn't look good. Something's going to happen is I will say to my partner, hey, you take the face off. So he's going to grab the, he's going to complete the icing, grab the puck and go all the way to the other end, set it up. You can point to the players where to go. Hey, you're going to take, you know, you're going to take the fake hoss down there. But it gives you an opportunity then to skate up to the neutral zone, watch the bench happens, make sure the benches do their complete line changes, turn to your partner, your partner's already the other end with the puck in his hand. You point to him, he blows a whistle, we line him up and we go. And there's no opportunity for shenanigans or people to debate anything or whatever the case may be. Again, it goes back to your game management. I've had to do that several times. I've had a contentious game or the line changes are just terrible and I have to know, you know, hey, we're going to change this up a little bit. And actually, the coaches don't mind it because they just want a fair game. Got this contention going back and forth. They just want the kids to have fun, have a fair game. They want to win, obviously. Uh, but the bottom line is they just want us to provide them a fair within the rules. So we'll wrap up the icing here. So hopefully those two things, especially if you're new to hockey or you're a spectator or whatever and you just wanted to know some of the basics of the game. I'm also going to probably do the same program on our YouTube channel here coming up here in the next month or so. So tune into that. But again, everybody have a great week. We appreciate everybody. Again, if you're out there registering to be an official, please get your registration completed. Get to your seminars uh, scheduled. I know they're starting as early as next month. Get out there, do your thing. If you're a new official, please, please, please talk to those at the seminars you're at because you have to go to a seminar for us level two, level threes. We can go to a seminar online. Make sure you're known. Make sure everybody knows you as a new official. Hopefully your local administration team will get you mentored with somebody who's um, been a few years as a level two or level three and work those games with you. Get, get your feet wet, get out there. We need as many officials as possible, especially good officials that really love the game and want to participate and want to be part of the game. Like myself, I can't play anymore. I'm not really interested in playing anymore, but I really love to be out there on the ice and I really love to officiate. So if you're doing through that process, if you guys have questions, Anything like that, leave a comment. Uh, email us again at topshelftalks at yahoo.com, and we'll be happy to uh, answer any, any questions. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you soon.